0: One of the most despicable, but also diabolically successful men of the 20th century was Saul Alinsky, the author of Rules for Radicals. Yes, he dedicated his book to Lucifer, and yes, his work has been used to tear down rather than to build up. But there's a certain effectiveness found in his rules. Number four, for example, states, Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. Another way to say that is expose their hypocrisy. Join me in the Economic War Room where we will expose the hypocrisy of those waging economic warfare against you and your family. Then we'll tell you what you can and should do about it. Over about the past year or so, when the pandemic hit home and everything was shut down, we've seen the full-throttled nanny state in all its glory. We've been told when we can leave our homes, whether or not we can attend church, or even visit a sick friend. We've been told what we're allowed to think and what we're allowed to say. And that control leapt from the public health and to politics, and now it's in the marketplace. In fact, it is the marketplace where it blossoms into full-blown economic warfare. For three years on this program, we've explained how we're already in an economic war, and the fighting continues to intensify. There really is no aspect of our personal or professional life that's immune. We have two major enemies, one is foreign and the other is domestic. And as Sun Tzu explained, all warfare is based on deception. In this case, our foreign enemy is trying to deceive you, and so is our domestic enemy. The manner of deception is something called hypocrisy. The word hypocrite originally comes from a Greek term used for actors wearing masks. In this case, it's more of a do as I say, not as I do thing. We're constantly being lectured by the progressive left. Wear a mask, don't be racist, never question authority. All of this is designed to strip you of your personal liberty for what they say is the collective good. And it's global. The Chinese Communist Party is pushing this on their own people and also the rest of the world. The progressive leftists are using the same approach, just closer to home. Not only are you shamed, you're also cut off from social media, denied access to goods and services, and may even be fired unless you conform. The way we fight back is to point out the extraordinary hypocrisy of those who would be our masters. And it's there. Pointing out hypocrisy is one of our most effective weapons. This episode and our corresponding economic battle plan will provide you plenty of ammunition. And as I mentioned in the opening, this is a Saul Alinsky tactic taken straight from Rules for Radicals. Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. That's how you can protect yourself from the economic attacks they're planning. If we properly shame the hypocrites, they will attack one another and may even retreat. We've seen a few examples recently, both of hypocrisy and the retreat when exposed. Case in point number one, the mass furor over Georgia's attempt to secure their elections. The big issue was the audacity of Georgia to ask voters to produce an ID. Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, Major League Baseball, and maybe a hundred other companies immediately denounced the state of Georgia as racist. Coke and Delta are based there, and Major League Baseball was planning the All-Star game there. But in obedience to the woke, all three and many others set about trashing Georgia. The irony, of course, is you can't fly on a Delta airplane without an ID. You can't pick up baseball tickets at Will Call without an ID. And the list is really pretty long. The woke left wants you to have papers and an ID for just about anything you do other than voting. In fact, Washington Examiner listed 24 things that require an ID almost a decade ago and the list continues to lengthen over time. You need an ID to buy stuff, to get a job, to sign up for welfare, to cash a check, to buy alcohol, to rent a house, to rent a car, to adopt a pet, to go fishing or hunting and even to buy medicine. Now you have to show an ID to get a COVID vaccine, which they pretty much demand everyone get. But it's racist to ask for an ID to vote? Guess what? The Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina thinks it's racist to not ask for an ID. Here's a clip from his recent congressional testimony.
1: The subject of this hearing is the evolving landscape of voter discrimination. And it certainly has throughout our nation's history. Let me say that I am very proud of the history in this nation of my people. My people were put in the belly of ships, bound in chains, and endured the middle passage. My people were whipped, beaten, and sold as as property during slavery. During Reconstruction and throughout Jim Crow, black people were intimidated, harassed, and even killed to keep them from having a voice in government. Symbols like chains, nooses, and burnt crosses are not just symbols of death. They are symbols of forced and coerced silence the sacrifices of our ancestors, so I could have the opportunity to become the first black lieutenant governor of my state, to see a black man sit in the White House for two terms, and for millions of us to be leaders in business, athletics, government, and culture, add up to an incredible story of victory. But today, we hear Georgia law being compared to Jim Crow. The black voices are being silenced, and the black voices are being kept out. How? By bullets? By bombs? By nooses? No, by requiring a free ID to secure the vote. Let me say that again, by requiring a free ID to secure the vote. How absolutely preposterous. Am I to believe that black Americans who have overcome the atrocities of slavery, who were victorious in the civil rights movement and now sit in the highest levels of this government cannot figure out how to get a free ID to secure their votes. That they need to be coddled by politicians because they don't think we can figure out how to make our voices heard. Are you kidding me? The notion that black people must be protected from a free ID to secure their votes is not just insane, it is insulting.
0: Basically, it is insulting to claim that American citizens are just too stupid to get an ID to vote? And to claim this is Jim Crow on steroids? That shows how out of touch and hypocritical Joe Biden really is. The key thing to realize is that exposing hypocrisy is working. Coca-Cola has a pretty racist past, as does Major League Baseball. In fact, MLB literally destroyed the Negro League and only recently recognized the Negro League's incredible contribution to baseball. Fortunately, enough people pointed out the hypocrisy so that more than one-third of Coke drinkers said they would either boycott or drink less Coke. And baseball's ratings, they're starting to collapse. Lo and behold, Coke has backtracked, saying, it's time to find common ground. And Bank of America even sort of apologized. It seems that threatening to hit them in the wallet, combined with pointing out their hypocrisy, has made a difference. The outcry can and should grow. The bottom line is this, pointing out hypocrisy works. This really is a powerful weapon and one we must start using. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll dive further into how we can flip the narrative and defend America. We've been talking about the potent weapon of exposing hypocrisy. It's one of our greatest pushback weapons to fight tyranny. That's because those who seize power often do so by lecturing the rest of us. Yet, those same cronies get caught doing the very thing they told us not to do. Case in point from California, where citizens cost Governor Newsom breaking his own draconian COVID lockdown orders to eat at fancy restaurants. They weren't allowed to eat out, but he sure did. He was flagrantly violating his own rules, and now they've gathered enough signatures to recall him. And how about those Cuomo brothers in New York? Both have been outed as hypocrites. Chris violated quarantine when he was sick, despite lecturing the rest of us. And me too, Andrew? He was caught in a hot water sexual harassment scandal. The accusations are pretty serious. At one point, the far left held this guy up as a model for dealing with the pandemic. And there was talk that he would even run for president. Now even communist New York Mayor de Blasio is calling for Governor Cuomo to resign in disgrace. What happened? Their hypocrisy was exposed. This really is a powerful weapon and one we must start using. The Achilles heel of communism is that the people in power aren't any good at sharing. The Politburo in the Soviet Union lived lavishly while the rest of the people struggled. That's true every time. For example, Hugo Chavez, he promised prosperity to the people of Venezuela through communism. He started as the son of poor school teachers. He promised to use socialism to spread the wealth of his country to all its citizens. But what happened? Venezuela, once one of the wealthiest nations in the world, is now among the poorest. The Venezuelan currency is worth less than toilet paper. Hyperinflation has destroyed any semblance of prosperity. But one interesting thing, when Chavez, the man of the people, died, he left a multi-billion dollar inheritance to his daughter Maria Gabriela Chavez, now among the wealthiest women in the world. She has an estimated four billion dollars in cash, plus all her investments. And another Chavez associate, Alejandro Andrade, Venezuela's former treasury ministry reportedly has 11.2 billion dollars in Swiss bank accounts. Who knew that communism paid so well? It is truly like George Orwell's animal farm. All animals are equal, just some animals are more equal than others. The key message is to watch out for those politicians who promise to spread the wealth and yet somehow become very wealthy while in office as public servants on modest salaries. Yes, I'm talking about the Clintons, the Bidens, Pelosi, Schumer, Harry Reid, and others. Then we have the story of the Black Lives Matter founder buying millions of dollars in lavish homes and property from the New York Post on April 10th. As protests broke out across the country in the names of Black Lives Matter, the group's co-founder went on real estate buying binge, snagging four high-end homes for $3.2 million in the U.S. alone, according to property records. Patrice Kahn-Cullors, 37, also eyed property in the Bahamas at an ultra-exclusive resort where Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods both own homes. The Post has learned, luxury apartments and townhouses in this area are priced between $5 million and $20 million. We also can expose the hypocrisy of the whole left that would lie to us about Hunter Biden. Cover up what appears to be truly criminal activity and then promote him on talk shows as some kind of hero. It's blatantly in your face and the American people should not put up with it. Hunter Biden has become wealthy, trading on his family name, working in Ukraine and China. At the same time, his father has made promises to spread the wealth in the United States. How is that different from Hugo Chavez and his daughter Maria? Of course, the media itself is filled with hypocrisy. There's a huge scandal when former Secretary of State John Kerry, now Biden's COVID czar, reportedly shared Israeli intelligence with Iran. We learned that from leaked audio of a private conversation with Iran's foreign minister. Yet the media has been relatively silent. If this had been a Trump administration official, CNN would have had wall-to-wall coverage. And never forget former Vice President Al Gore, who regularly lectures us on climate change. Yet he has one of the largest carbon footprints in the entire country. He lives a lavish lifestyle, burns a lot of energy, and is super wealthy. Maybe the most egregious example of hypocrisy, and one we must face right now, has to do with ESG, Environmental Social Justice and Governance Investing, and Communist China. You know all those woke companies telling Georgia not to be racist by asking for a voter ID? Guess what? They're doing business with Communist China. The reason that so many companies have suddenly gone woke is directly tied to the ESG movement. They're trying to improve their ESG ratings by the rating services, and they want to improve their scores. They want to tell America how good their record is on environment, social, and governance. But they're investing in China? Just how good is China in those areas? In terms of environment, China is among the worst polluters on the planet. In addition, they regularly push for exemptions for themselves in all those big climate meetings. They're burning coal at a very rapid pace. In terms of social, the Chinese Communist Party is extremely repressive. They're persecuting Christians and closing churches. The Chinese Communist Party is even worse for Muslims and other religious minorities. They're literally allowing the harvesting of human organs from live prisoners. They keep those prisoners alive long enough to extract as many organs as possible. They want the eyes, the lungs, the kidneys. This is worse than what Hitler did with his gas chambers. Beyond that, the repression for all Chinese citizens is intolerable. China is not pro-choice. For example, they have a long history of forced abortions from their one-child and later two-child policy. Everything is monitored and controlled. If you live in China, whether you're allowed to buy or sell or travel or attend school, that's all based on a social credit score. They watch everyone all the time, and simply crossing the street the wrong way can get you in trouble. Now, as for the G in ESG, it refers to governance. The reality is that the corporations are not designed to serve their shareholders or even their customers. The purpose of the corporation in China is to serve the Chinese Communist Party. Jack Ma of Alibaba learned this recently when he stepped out of line and got throttled for it. If most Chinese investments were graded on a fair ESG scale, they would fail. So why is Larry Fink of BlackRock, the true ESG leader, so excited about investing in China? Why is the Biden administration allowing so many Chinese companies to come into American markets? There's a two-word answer, blatant hypocrisy. This is where the rubber meets the road. Companies want to tell you how woke they are even as they do business with the Chinese regime. Why? The answer, it's all about the money. Remember LeBron James lecturing America for repressing minorities? Laudable, right? But then Daryl Mosley, an assistant coach with the NBA, tries to stand up for the repressed people of Hong Kong, and LeBron tells him to sit down and shut up so he doesn't slow the money train from China. That was a couple of years ago, and it's only gotten worse. Companies are being applauded for being woke in America. But don't try to apply that to China. Case in point is H&M, the clothing retailer. H&M is a Swedish company and one of the largest retailers in the world. They recently took the commendable stance of refusing cotton produced by slave labor. Now, that's admirable. In fact, it's the kind of woke that I can get behind. It's bad for humanity to use slave labor, and H&M doesn't want their brand associated with it. This isn't trivial. If you buy cotton produced by slave labor, you're literally funding slavery. And the whole notion of cotton picking stirs up painful images from American history. So good for them, H&M is taking a righteous position with real teeth. This is far more important than Coke lecturing Georgia about requiring an ID to vote. This is truly taking a moral stand. Are they applauded for it? We need to take a break, but when we come back, we'll learn the surprising twist in the H&M story. we left off was that H&M, a respected Swedish retailer, had uncovered that some of the cotton used in their clothing was coming from slave labor. So they canceled the contracts and informed the world they would no longer support slavery. Everyone applauded, right? Wrong. The problem is that it was a Chinese company supplying the cotton, and the Chinese government put out the word that H&M was causing problems. China does not allow woke unless it suits their interests. Quoting the New York Times from March 29th, the Communist Party's youth wing denounced H&M on social media and posted an archival photo of slaves on a Mississippi cotton plantation. Official news outlets piled on with their own indignant memes and hashtags. Patriotic web users carried the message across China, far and wide. The crisis the apparel brands now face is familiar to many foreign businesses in China. The Communist Party for years has used the country's giant consumer market to force international companies to march in step with their political sensitivities, or at least to not contest them openly. But this latest episode has illustrated the government's growing skill at whipping up storms of patriotic anger to punish companies that violate this pact. Just to make sure you're getting this, a respected retailer decides not to use slave labor, and the youth of the country denounce them for that. It's the total opposite of what you should expect. But that's the point. China is a communist nation, and the people are forced to follow what the government says. There's no free speech. Does that not remind you of where this nation is heading? If not, Try saying masks don't work, or you believe there was fraud in the 2020 election. Why do you think Coke claims that voter IDs are racist? It's not because they're woke, and it's not because they're racist. It's because they believe that that's what this administration wants. After all, President Biden said the Georgia election law was Jim Crow on steroids. And Coke followed, just like Delta and a hundred other major companies, And the scary thing is that if we allow the Democrats to set all the voting rules and speech rules, we will be exactly where China is today. Literally the opposite of caring about people. Instead, mandating behavior that suits the government, even if it means supporting slavery. Big business and big government together cramming down on the little people. That's truly a nightmare in China, and it's already beginning to happen here. For the retailer H&M, They don't quite know what to do. Taxis will no longer take people to their stores in China. Building owners are evicting them. Their apps no longer run on Chinese phones. They'd been canceled because they cared enough to not support slavery. Wake up, you woke people! This is what will happen here if we don't stand up now. If one party gets complete control of our election process, liberty and democracy are over. Look at the single-party cities in America, like Chicago and Detroit. Are they corruption-free? Do they take care of the people, or do they enrich those who are in charge? The answer is self-evident. And yes, even progressive liberals understand what happens if you lose election integrity. Case in point, Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Let me read a quote from The Federalist. Between his two major companies, Amazon, The Washington Post, Jeff Bezos does not hold consistent views on mail-in voting. Hypocrisy. When it could assist his preferred presidential candidate in reaching the White House, mail-in voting was safe, and any question to the contrary were mere attempts to undermine democracy. Yet now that his own employees at Amazon wish to use the same methods to vote for unionization, suddenly this wonderful format is not secure enough. That's blatant. Hypocrisy. What happened? Amazon workers had to vote in person or at a company monitor Dropbox. According to the company, the union was rejected. But wait! According to the union, there were multiple irregularities that must be investigated. This is actually getting pretty delicious. It looks like Jeff Bezos only cares about election integrity when it is to his benefit. Mail-in ballots are good unless the vote might hurt your position. And what about those election irregularities? The progressives all of a sudden believe that voter intimidation and fraud is real? Catch the huge double standard? It's hypocrisy all the way around. The bottom line is that progressives have fixed the game and are in control. And who loses? We the people. We're being led down the path of socialism by our own government that we pay for with our taxes and the big corporations that we own through the stock market and support with our spending. We have the votes. We are the owners. We are the taxpayers. We are the customers. And according to the Constitution, we the people are the sovereign. This is our country. And yet a handful of people are threatening to take permanent control and kick the rest of us to the curb. They are blatant hypocrites, and it's time we expose them. This is how we do it. First, get good sources for factual information. Don't buy the lies being sold to you, whether from the New York Times or the Washington Post, 60 Minutes or CNN. The mainstream media has an agenda and it is not to help you. Study after study has demonstrated extreme bias. For example, they all chose to ignore the truth about the Hunter Biden laptop. That's why you must turn to Blaze TV and the Economic War Room, among others. Also, you must know by now that any so-called news allowed on Facebook or Twitter has been sanitized for your protection. They're using biased fact checkers to remove any content contrary to the official government narrative. Second, you should get up to speed on the corporate tyranny already underway. I'm part of a team urging American companies to get back to neutral. I, for one, don't want politics with my Coke. Just give me a good tasting cola we've launched a website with the address stopcorporatetyranny.org. That's a place where you can get updated information on the problem but also take action on the solution. You can make this hypocrisy known. Finally, you must weaponize your money before it is too late. You control your giving, spending, and investing. And giving is easy. Don't give to dumb causes. Give to good causes. Spending is a little bit harder. You may like coke or H&M. That's okay but be sure that you make your voice heard if you buy their products. In the case of Coke, let every retailer and every restaurant that you encounter know that you want Coke to stay out of politics. Be vocal. If 7-Eleven hears from enough people, they'll tell Coke and it can make a difference. You can even write letters. If they won't listen, you may want to boycott. With H&M, do the opposite. Tell them you're proud that they stood up for liberty. Slave labor is never acceptable. As for investing, we suggest you get a like-minded financial advisor. We've done surveys and a clear majority of investors want an advisor who matches with their political beliefs. Unfortunately, Wall Street's pushing for you to just take what they offer and that sets you into a leftist agenda with your investing. If your advisor isn't willing to match your investments with your values, send them to us for training and education. And if they won't do that, I can promise you there are plenty of other advisors looking for new clients. Now you may be thinking, what difference can my small portfolio make? That's what Wall Street wants to program into you. Just go along, you have no choice but the reality is that number one, it is your money. Don't let Wall Street bully you and number two, there are more of us than there are of them. When you take into account the older generations tend to be more conservative and the older generations tend to have the most money, it becomes apparent that our economic power is real. Sure an 18-year-old has the same vote as you, but does that teenager have the same investment portfolio? No way. And if we band together, we have a very loud voice. The Economic War Room Training plans to educate 10,000 financial advisors over the next several years. They could represent as much as a trillion dollars of investment capital. That's enough money to change the trajectory of America. That's why we developed the NSIC Institute, to serve clients who believe in the future of liberty and this great nation. NSIC stands for National Security Investment Consultants. We believe our money should be weaponized to preserve liberty, security, and values. Once advisors complete our training course, they can join the Institute and work with other like-minded advisors to find new and better solutions for you. This is truly revolutionary stuff. It's how we win the economic war already underway. We've launched with the top experts in multiple fields to get this going. And it hasn't been easy, especially with the backdrop of a pandemic, social media wars, and a contentious election. But we're finally nearing the launch. We'll summarize all of this in our free economic battle plan for this episode. You can get your access at economicwarroom.com. And don't forget, you can nominate your financial advisor at economicwarroom.com advisor. This training is offered by invitation only, so nominating your advisor is the first step. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.